Welcome to episode 161 of The Lab. I'm your host, Brad Barton. We do have a couple of links with more information on the show page today, and you can find them by visiting thelabwithbrad.com. While you're there, you might check out episode 160, when we talked about the basics of nuclear fission. Let's talk about isotopes. Isotopes are sort of uh, different flavors of the same chemical element. We can go back to our really simple atom. Hydrogen. Usually just one proton and one electron. But one of the isotopes of hydrogen has a neutron. It's called deuterium. It's stable. It's not radioactive. Another isotope of hydrogen has two neutrons. That's called tritium. It's not stable. Over time, it decays into something called helium-3, which is an isotope of helium. Most helium has two protons and two neutrons. Helium-3 has two protons and only one neutron. It's the number of protons that determine the chemical properties of an elephant. Did I just say elephant? I did. (laughs) It is the number of protons that determines the chemical properties of an element. The number of neutrons generally doesn't change much about a particular element, except that it might not be stable anymore and might decay into something else. If you want to make a chain reaction using uranium, you need a particular isotope. Uranium-235. That's the one that will split apart when hit by a neutron, and kick out a couple of more neutrons. Uranium-238 doesn't do that. At least not without very fast-moving neutrons. We'll cover that sort of thing later. The whole process starts with digging the uranium ore out of the ground. It's then crushed up, and acid is used to dissolve the uranium out of the ore. The result is concentrated uranium oxide. Uranium has 92 protons, and different numbers of neutrons depending upon which isotope you're dealing with. Most of it, 99.3%, is uranium-238, with 146 neutrons. Only 0.07% of it is uranium-235 with 143 neutrons. For most types of nuclear reactor, you're going to need more uranium-235 than happens naturally. The uranium has to be enriched. The percentage of uranium-235 has to be higher. That's not easy. When you take the isotopes of hydrogen, deuterium is twice the mass of hydrogen. That makes it relatively easy to separate deuterium from hydrogen. Between uranium-235 and 238, the difference in mass is much smaller. This makes it much more technically challenging to separate one from the other. To enrich the uranium, first you turn it into a gas by combining it with fluorine. That makes it uranium hexafluoride. Back in the day, what they used to do was take that gas and force it through filters. The filters had pores small enough so that the uranium could barely fit through. 
and then the uranium-235, being somewhat smaller, would go through faster than the uranium-238. Those filters, with those carefully designed and sized openings, or pores, were not cheap. It took high pressures, a lot of filters, and a lot of energy. The most popular modern method is to use centrifuges. A centrifuge is just a container that spins very quickly. You stick the uranium hexafluoride in one of those and spin it. The heavier, uranium-238, will move towards the edges of the centrifuge, while the lighter material tends to gather towards the middle. That lighter material is removed with scoops. Because the difference in weight is so small, one spin through the centrifuge is not enough. It has to be done over and over and over again. For most power plants, you need 4 or 5 percent of the uranium to be 235. If you want to make a nuclear explosion, you need to have over 90 percent uranium 235. All very cumbersome and expensive and dangerous. There are other materials that can support a nuclear chain reaction, and there are ways to make more of those materials. That is actually an advantage and a disadvantage, and we'll talk about that next time. See you then! <laughs>